we give these kids work that's from the curriculum or that was work that we've been using or um, a worksheet we've been using for the past couple of years or something like that. And Sometimes then, 20 years. Yeah, or, you know, <laughs> yeah, for sure. 20 years or 25 years or 2020 and you're using stuff from 2004 and because it's still relatable. <laughs> What up, peeps? This is Alyssa, and I'm here with my co-host, Enfo Little Bro Andre. And welcome to episode two of Teachers Like Us. It's real teachers, real talk. Uh, so today I thought we would discuss our teaching philosophies a little bit. And I don't know if you've had time to think about this as a newly contracted teacher, but I thought I would throw it out to you anyway and ask, what is your teaching philosophy? Philosophy? I can't even speak. How do you approach teaching? Um... I think one of the things that I try and make sure that I'm doing at all times is making sure that the kids see me in the work that we're doing. So that way I can hopefully teach them that when they're producing things, they get to show off the qualities or things that they enjoy about themselves. So I, anytime I, I've always, every time I try and come up with like an assignment or come up with like a group project or some sort of class discussion that we're going to have or a small group work that we're going to be looking at, I try and make it that it's something that I enjoy, something that I, I'm into. That way um, the kids get to enjoy it and then I also get to enjoy marking it. I think that's the one of the big problems that we have a lot of the times is like, we give these kids work that's from the curriculum or that was work that we've been using or um, a worksheet we've been using for the past couple of years or something like that. And <laughs> Sometimes then, 20 years. Yeah, or, you know, <laughs> yeah, for sure. 20 years or 25 years or 2020 and you're using stuff from 2004 and because it's 2004, still hey, relatable. I saw someone and I'm not naming any names and the document literally said 1992 on it. I'm <laughs> just saying. <laughs> that's crazy. I was... 1992 out of in one. I wouldn't have turned two yet. Ew, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I try and make it so like it's it's enjoyable. And I think part of my teaching philosophy is like I can't lose myself in what I'm doing. Like it has to be a part of who I am. And I think um, me trying to make sure that I'm coming up with new things all the time. And Alyssa can tell you like there's times where I just come into the room and I'm like, hey, I have this idea. How do I make it so that it fits in with something in the curriculum? It's true. Um, I definitely have poured over that damn curriculum document way more than I wish I had. <laughs> um, but it, it comes in handy. I think that's what makes us a good team in terms of collaborating because Andre usually comes with the big ideas mm -hmm. and I can fill in those little niche bits. Yeah, she helps make them look, look beautiful that way when I go back <laughs> and explain them. It makes sense. And when the kids actually have to get, get this rubric or get these um, success criteria and they actually read it, it makes sense to them. And then it, they produce what I feel that they can produce from my own head. Yeah. With my teaching philosophy, I definitely try to err on the side of I am the, I'm not rather the gatekeeper to knowledge. And I feel like a lot of teachers do that where they hold themselves in these really high positions and make their students almost like work for them yeah. like I have all the knowledge and if you want this knowledge you have to do what I say and what I want and then 
um, yeah, they kind of get into this weird power dynamic that I don't think works in a classroom. I don't think, like, from me, from my experience as being a student and still remembering them that because I'm not, you know, old. <laughs> not, <laughs> not calling old anybody old. But, I, you know? I think he is. I think he's calling me old. <laughs> right? But I, what I try to do and and talking to the kids and saying to them things like, hey, like, you're not going to see me up here for 40 minutes talking at Absolutely. You. It's not going to happen. What I try and do is make sure that these kids have to now take their, so especially with us being middle school teachers and me teaching a grade seven class this year, I've got to get these kids to take some responsibility in their own learning. Part of us being um, teachers of modern learners is you've got to prepare them for the outside world. And the outside world is not going to be f- spoon feeding things to them. Yeah, I don't know. Or holding things back from them. When we got into this place of always, um, of, I don't know, this worksheet place. Like I currently have a worksheet on my desk right now that my students are doing. But we got <laughs> into this place where we have conditioned them to expect the worksheet. Yes. Expect that you are getting this scaffolded information and that you only have to ever fill in the blanks and yeah. that's all you're gonna have to do for the rest of your and life this is kid, fill it's in funny, the blanks. this kid's that like beg for it like you come <gasps> to class and kids are like so um we're not there there's nothing there's no note for me to copy there's no uh worksheet for me to give back to you what we're not getting homework no nope. and i will tell you a quick story so um andre's former class 8g class hey. 8g who we love um, they had me last year. So they know that I am a very project-based teacher. I give big kind of overarching projects and then we work within that to, you know, get the themes and get the ideas out. So it was not a surprise to them when they came into my French room this year and it was more of the same, but they were upset. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I had kids literally like, this work is so stupid. You're always giving us projects. We never get worksheets. Where are the worksheets? And I was like, but I hated worksheets as a student. Yeah, but I think it's because like, especially in middle school and us as being uh, teachers in Canada where we have French as our second language, so now it's mandatory for them to take it. When they walk into French, French is supposed to be like the freebie class. Like, Fair. Let me come do my little worksheet, <laughs> hand it back to you, say je m'appelle Andre, and <laughs> and ask to go to the bathroom when I need to, and you're happy with me, and I get my B minus, and I, I go about my way. I wish I could get a je m'appelle out of that, okay? Like, <laughs> we're not even there. They literally... Even putting words on a worksheet was like, I don't know. I, I, don't, it's, I don't know. It's crazy. I don't like, again, going back to what you were saying, like how these kids are like just super conditioned to like, okay, I want the worksheet. I want the note for me to copy down and let me show you how perfect I am at doing that. And I want the test so I can show you how well I am at or how good I am at memorizing things. Like mm. we have to get them out of that especially because like i was saying before we're in this world that is so where all of the information that they need they can get it if they want it right so you being a teacher who's like okay you have to listen to me talk for now half an hour you have to fill out this worksheet you're going to do this assignment the way that i said it the way the examples that i gave you that is the only way that you're going to get a level four or a level three you have to stop that because at the end of the day as much as teachers are very well needed in society, a lot of these kids, they can really go online and learn what they need to learn. Absolutely. So I, another thing that I, I want to build for them or build in them is their capacity to find information. So 
again, I don't want to be, again, the gatekeeper that stops them from or or lets in information. They can only get information through me. I want to like I feel like our value now is in building their skills for learning. So for parents out there, when you're looking at your kid's report card and that top section that you usually ignore with all the E's and G's and your kid's like, I got five E's and you're like, (laughs) I don't care. Like, what is this? That's what I'm trying to build in the kids. The A, B, C, D that you're seeing in all the subject areas. Again, I'm not going to say it's not important, but truthfully, a lot of schools are moving to markless, um, like, or gradeless uh, assessments. Assessment, yeah. yeah, because that's not what matters anymore. Like Andre no. said, you can find that information anywhere. I could, I can Google how to uh, whatever a science experiment is that's going to, you know, exactly. whatever. And that's the thing, like, a lot of teachers, especially teachers that are, again, trying to be more up with the times, that's all we're really doing. I don't know if I'm letting out secrets that way, but like <laughs> we get ideas because, you know, we're good teachers and we have an idea of, okay, how do I want to unpack this certain section of the curriculum? But a lot of us are going online. We're going on Google, looking yep. at an assignment that somebody <laughs> else created. We're going on Teachers Pay Teachers and paying that Shh, three. Don't tell them about Teachers Pay Teachers. <laughs> and paying that three, five, or even $20 to get that novel study because as much as we want these guys to get good things from what we're doing in class in the class we know that there's people out there that are doing it as well so why not open that up to the kids as well like you want me to be this outstanding student but the best way to teach you is like okay go out and search for it go out do your own research do your own findings and then let me show you or let me teach you how to put it in a way that can be acceptable hopefully yeah. Or, again, build those skills that we need them to have in the workforce. So it is, or again, even just, let me backtrack a little bit. So I feel like with the worksheets, we are building employees, right? Uh, So that idea now that we're trying to switch to building the employer and building that kind of entrepreneurial spirit in our students. So that way they are keen and eager and they are finding innovative ways to tackle things. So even if we look at a math classroom uh, nowadays, Mm -hmm. the old math class, which people, again, there's still infighting even between teachers about which way is the best way but old math is rote memory yep here's your math facts you memorize those you memorize the formulas and you will succeed new math says here is the answer how did you get there exactly for you to kind of explain how did you get there like what steps did you take okay oh you did two plus two is four how did you figure that out Hmm. is there another way for you to do it absolutely right and once you especially and i as much as um we have so much freedom in teaching language you really have a lot of freedom in math because you're looking at kids like actual thinking process so how are you problem solving i've given you these four or five things and i need an answer at the end what are you going to do with these four or five things to get me that answer Right. And as much as math may have like, you know, one right answer, there's so many ways that you can get to. It. And I think that's what, again, Alyssa's saying with like new math is how it's teaching you like, hey, we're not just going off of your memory. And did you memorize the formula that I gave you? But it's actually do you understand why the formula is used to make that happen? Yeah. And again, I think that goes across all subjects now. Like mm-hmm. we're teaching students how to think at the end of the day. 
I'm not always going to be there. And that's why I don't want to put myself in that position where I am all powerful. Because then what happens when I'm not there? You move on to another grade. You have a new teacher. Like, what am I supposed to do? I, I haven't built a learner then. I've built a follower is what I've built. Someone who's going to go into the classroom and say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. No, sir. And some teachers love that. And I feel like that's kind of where we're headed with teachers like us. Like, that's what we're trying to kind of get across to everybody is that that style, I hate to say it, it's outdated. Super outdated. It, it can't, it, for it to work now, again, it's what Alyssa is saying, like you're building people that aren't going to be, have or have any influence in this world. Mm-hmm. You're building people that are going to follow trends, which is what these kids are doing now already. Oh, so You're much. You're building kids that are going to just follow trends, follow what everybody else is doing, and not really have that mind of their own to think like, hey, okay, I'm not going to do this, or I disagree, I'm going to go down another path. They're going to say, okay, what does the majority say? Majority says this, okay, now everybody's going to say this. Majority likes this person, okay, I like them. Majority has canceled this person, okay, they're canceled. Oh my goodness, we're going to have to have a topic or a discussion about cancel culture at some <laughs> point. Uh, I, <laughs> and if you don't know, then that's your Google for today. Go Google cancel, cancel, cancel culture. culture and what, what that is and all the people that have been canceled. Some yeah. of them have been rightly so, like, you know, R. Kelly, like... <laughs> This just took a horrible left turn. Horrible horrible left turn with the left-handed man. Yes. Um, (laughs) um, So I think what we we haven't really mentioned yet, but the cornerstone for both of our, or that kind of underscores our teaching philosophy um, is the idea that we are building relationships with our students. So what I was talking about, kind of that power dynamic that exists between teachers and students, we're trying to break that down. So, Andre, how have you done that? Um, I think from a philosoph- philosophical, philosophical. Thank you. <laughs> Proper words. That's and why stuff, I'm you here. Know? That's why I'm here. From a philosoph. He goes to the library too. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, but yeah, from that standpoint, if I'm looking at it just overarching, what I think I try to do is to understand that if I'm a teacher, I'm supposed to be learning as well. So when I come into the classroom, as much as I'm the one giving out the assignment or giving out the project, I'm still on the learning journey with the students. So I have to walk around. I have to observe. I have to take anecdotal notes. I have to be looking at, okay, how are you coming up with these answers? How are you thinking through this question that I've designed or this question that I've given to you or given to the entire group? And again, making sure that I'm a part of that at all times or trying to be a part of that at all times so that you actually get to see like me you get to see the things I like I get to see the things that you like and then we get to build a relationship there so that way I have um this relationship with you now is like okay you like video games majority of the classes like video games okay and this is actually a real life example so when I taught uh, grade 7 MST about two years ago um it was two years ago is when Fortnite was like the biggest thing and everyone oh, a lot of kids still play Fortnite I but can't it was stand like Fortnite <laughs> super up and coming they're only on like season two or season three of Fortnite at the time and these kids are really into it so I was like okay you guys are really into it um 
what system you guys play on most of the people played on ps4 so i was like okay we're doing i think we we're doing like integers in math like how to add and subtract integers so i made this like battleship game and i said okay you guys have to play each other tournament style in this battleship game but the winning prize gets like i think it was like 20 dollars of um ps4 money which turns into like 1500 um v bucks that you need to buy stuff on fortnite it's and crazy. it got the kid like if anybody if you don't even know what integers are it's it's because it's boring like, <laughs> right? it's, it's, we love math <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to teach to anyone so to see these guys super engaged and i'm when i say like i mean boys and girls that are just like not into math at all that are completely comfortable holding their c minus and getting their level twos because they they'll they just gave up i don't get it i don't understand and for that entire time from i told them that hey this is the goal at the end that we are going to play this game and there's this reward for it if i showed you my mark book i have like a's across the board from everybody and it's just again getting out of the old style of okay yes we are going to learn integers here is my um lesson on integers here's how we are going to practice it and changing it and saying okay what do you guys like okay i have something that you like but you got to stay with me to get there mm-hmm. and i think building relationships is super important especially for those of you who are newer teachers out there so for sure when i last year i was fortunate enough to be a mentor and for those of you who don't know um when teachers are first starting out in their careers they have mentors um older oh i shouldn't say older more experienced okay. teachers Ooh, i matured, didn't mean, i <laughs> Okay, can we just get it out there that I am actually in my early 30s? Like, I haven't even hit the 35 threshold yet, so... Yeah, and I'm not 30 yet. Let's just break it down, because I feel like when we have these conversations, you guys are out here thinking that I'm, like, 40, 50. Not that there's anything (laughs) wrong with that, but, like, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm still still young and fresh. So, in any case... um, Seasoned chicken. uh, (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We only season our chicken out here. (laughs) Teachers like us. Hashtag teachers like us we only season our chicken out here exactly and wash it too ah. <laughs> if you don't know oh gosh you need to listen to more of this podcast so i was a mentor and my mentee was having a really difficult time with her class so she found that they were of course they're middle school kids and if you're not used to middle school students they are rowdy they will push back and especially if you're new they're going to try and eat you alive because that's fun right like they're trying to flex their power because they're so used to teachers flexing on them that they're trying to assert their dominance before you can assert your dominance so that was happening in her room and she was really distraught and she was like i don't even think this is for me like i can't do this and i was like you need to take it back she was like but i'm just here to teach whatever the subject was i won't say but like i'm just here to teach like i'm not here to you know do all these extra things i go you are here to build relationships with students because you want them to continue learning and i go those same students that are giving you a hard time if you get them on your side they will go to bat for you i promise you and by the end of her year she did that so she she started to talk to the students and just get to know them like andre said like she 
took a genuine interest in them. And I'm not going to say everything was perfect and magical, but by the end, the kids that were giving her the most trouble in the beginning were the ones that were like, hey, class, she's trying to teach. You got to be quiet now. And kids will do that for you. Like they will go to bat for you if they love you. Exactly. And I guess like the only way to get them to love you is you got to respect them and show them that, hey, yeah, I'm your teacher, but I actually, like, I care about, like, you, the individual. So yep. I'm not going to put any labels on you. I'm not going to tell you, like, oh, I don't trust you or I'm not going to listen to you because you're young or something like mm-hmm. that or your opinions are, are invalid or don't matter. you got to sit down with them and even if you have to do it on a daily basis and say, like, okay, what's going on? Yep. What do we need to talk about? Um, me teaching uh, grade eight for the since the beginning of the year, so since in September to December, that's one of the things that I did with that class or with both classes is like, as much as I came into the beginning of the year saying, okay, I'm my goal is to get you guys ready for high school. And the best way that I know how to get you guys ready for high school is not so much actually teaching you anything. It's like, sit down, talk to me. What are you scared of? Yeah. Get it out there. Get it out of your system. What are you scared of? That way, at the end of it, we can get to a place where you notice that there's no difference between this middle school and high school. The only difference is the gym is a little bit bigger and there's an extra floor. That's it. Yep. And you have to do that. I think going back to like your story about that um, teacher that you mentored, it's hard. It can be hard mm-hmm. if it's not something that you're used to, like to say, okay, I'm not going to teach anything in this time or we're having a class conversation and we're getting to the end of the period and I had something planned to do I'm going to keep talking instead of actually stopping this conversation that can be something that's hard and something that you'll have to change and like your teaching pedagogy to realize like hey um it's okay these kids want to talk let's talk yeah absolutely let's talk I I definitely agree it's okay to not teach yeah and you have to be okay with not getting through that curriculum the way you thought you were going to get through it. Because you will get through it, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's those conversations and observations that you're taking versus those products that you were thinking about. And maybe we'll talk about assessment another day. But that idea that you can get what you need from them, you can get the learning in different ways. But you got to step back for a minute. And again, I go back to this not try and be the one all powerful Mm -hmm. you have to just kind of let things happen and having those class discussions is a great way to build community in your classroom and let your students know you care and you know what sometimes it's going to veer off track Mm -hmm. like i when i teach language and history and geography we're talking about heavy topics we're talking about refugees and civil rights and social justice and the topic always veers and there's inevitably some kind of um, student-centered experience that we get to hear from but it it gives us insight into their lives and that gives them insight into my life when we we have these deep conversations with those deep conversations you get to take those little snippets of things that they say and actually put them into your teaching or make assignments out of them um an example of that is uh again with my grade eights and them having to pick courses of where what they want to take in high school or if they're going to take you know academic applied courses um one of the things that we ended up talking a whole bunch about is like okay careers like what do you want to do when you grow up 
if you know what you want to do, okay, let's actually go ahead and research that further. And as much as or um, career um, focusing is not really in the grade eight curriculum, but there's things like, you know, proper research method that is, mm -hmm. right? And then you get to actually get them engaged because now they're actually looking at things that have to do with them personally. Nothing that has to really do with some old guy that died in 1835 that might not mean anything to them even though you know they were a part of confederation and stuff like that right but they're actually getting things that they care about and again it shows them not only that you care about them but that you're in this classroom to learn with them and that's yeah. for me i think that's the best way to build relationships and it's okay to say that you don't know yeah that's a huge part of, of teaching now is when they ask you say, you know what i'm not sure Let's find out together. Let's go look. Yeah. Let's go. What does Google say about this? What? Or right? what does your friend say about this beside you? Let's turn this into a conversation. We like Dr. Google or as some of the <laughs> elders uh, that I've had the chance to sit with, they call um, Google Grandma Google. Grandma or Grandpa Google. Google. Yeah. <laughs> so or Elder Google. Like everybody's using Google and that's OK. Like, I don't know why we're so afraid to admit we don't know. Yeah. Hey, again, that's the bell. So we're wrapping up here. Again, if you want to um, get a little day-to-day -day insights, as you can see, it's at, on Instagram at Teachers Like Us. Again, that's on Instagram at Teachers Like Us. Feel free to send us any questions, uh, comments at teachers at gmail.com. Or if you want it, you can just DM us on Instagram too. Absolutely. That works. And we'll be taking questions on the podcast as we get better and better at this. Slide into our DMs. Ooh. Oh, I'm going to be so mad I said that. <laughs> Bye, guys. See you later. Peace out.